0: Hi, everyone. Today's episode is about an important and very timely topic, how to ask for help. My guest is Travinia Barber. She is the founder of Priority VA. She's also an author and speaker, and she helps high-performing executives, entrepreneurs, leaders get connected to the help that they need to make their businesses and lives run more smoothly. I think this topic is important because in my context of talking with founders about their mental health, One of the things that I hear most often is a sense of overwhelm, like there are just too many tasks for one human brain to stay on top of. And often my conversations range into the territory of how can you offload some of these tasks that are creating these circles of stress in your brain? Because these tasks just sort of float around over and over and over, coming to your consciousness and reminding you that there's something that needs doing, something that needs doing the fewer things that we have to hold in our minds or even on our to-do lists on our trailer boards, the less cognitive load we are experiencing. So making the investment to figure out how to have a trusted helper or helpers is often a really important component of valuing your mental health and your time and your own bandwidth for higher level creative leadership sort of direction of the company kinds of questions, or just things that are fun and pleasurable. Trevini has been doing this a long time. She's been a VA, uh, and now she helps to match VAs with entrepreneurs in need. So I asked her all about how to make this process successful. I'll admit this is one of those interviews that I did a little bit for myself because I am in the final throes of book launch land and certainly in need of more administrative support than I have been at other times in my career. So teeny tiny promotional moment, touching two worlds. My new book comes out July 26th. It is already available for pre-order on Amazon and Barnes and Nobles, your independent bookstore down the street, anywhere the books are sold. And if you like to consume audio content Allow listening to this podcast. It's worth mentioning that I did read the audiobook. It is my voice. So that may be a selling point or not. I'm not sure, but that is available to you as well. All right. Now let's move on to my conversation with Trevinia. Welcome to the Zen Founder Podcast.
1: This is a place where we have conversations about mental health and entrepreneurship. We have a pretty broad conceptualization of what mental health means. Sometimes depression, anxiety, sometimes relationships or physical health. The goal here is to bring some calm into the crazy roller coaster of ups and downs that is life for many entrepreneurs. I'm your host, I'm Dr. Sherry Walling. I'm a clinical psychologist and an entrepreneur, married to an entrepreneur, live in the world of entrepreneurs, and I'm so pleased that you have joined us for this conversation. I've had so many conversations lately with people who are like up to their earballs in email and just logistical things. And I keep saying like, wow, it really seems like you need some help. And I keep getting the response of like, I know, but it's so much work to onboard someone and how do you find somebody good,
2: blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know what? I know somebody who knows all about this. Let's ask her. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. It, so those are some of the most common roadblocks in the way of people getting help, right? They don't know what to delegate. They don't know. They don't believe that they have time to find support. They do not have the capacity to look at hundreds of resumes, right? And it just feels so daunting. And the pain of doing the things that they're doing has not yet gotten to the point great enough where the pain of going through the process of hiring someone uh, seems like the better option. And it's definitely a challenge, but it's why people like me exist. So I, I'm happy to connect with you guys. Yes. To ease the pain.
1: <laughs> but what, what tends to be the tipping point where people are like, Oh no, no, I really need, like, I have no more choices. Like I have to get support or my business is going off the rails.
2: I think it really depends on the stage of the business that the leader is in. So sometimes it can be as simple as they're dropping the ball more than they want to, right? And their ego is like, okay, fine, I'm going to look like an idiot. I've got to get some support. So sometimes it's as simple as that. And sometimes it's as big as they've lost relationship with a partner or a child or, and like their decisions are now starting to make ripple effects that are impacting much more than the bottom line of the business. And that's when they decide, okay, it's time. Or there's this come to Jesus moment where they realize I am worthy of the same support that I give to everyone else. So it's one of those three things typically. And what's your favorite? Like
1: when you're meeting people who you are considering working with or or helping to find that amazing executive assistant, like, when is, when is the healthy moment to say, it's time, I need to hire out some help, get some support?
2: The healthy time is before you're ready, truly. <laughs> I, I mean, it's just like if you're gonna get married or you're going to have children, right? You can come up with approximately 87,000 reasons why you're not ready and why it's not the right time. And the right time is always kind of like planting a tree, right, yesterday, and the second best time is today. The best leaders that we work with are ones that have an expectation that is appropriate of what is possible with an executive assistant, and they value what kind of capacity an EA brings to their table, right? It's not a minion just doing the stuff that you don't want to do. It's truly a collaborative relationship where they are a partner alongside you, helping you reach your goals, not just someone you pitch stuff to that you don't feel like doing anymore.
1: Describe that relationship a little bit more, because I do think that there's some like murky confusion about like the unicorn of the executive assistant. So I know it's you know probably different for each business and each person to some extent, but like, what's the default setting of what a great EA relationship looks
2: like? So I think first and foremost, a great EA relationship is definitely symbiotic, right? So it is give and it is take. It is allow for the EA to make decisions on your behalf, but it is one that is highly communicative so that they can learn to read your mind. That's what everyone wants, right? I want my EA to be two steps or 10 steps ahead of me. Well, that can't happen if you hold everything so close to your chest that it makes it impossible for them to start to gauge how you're going to behave or how you would respond in a situation. The thing that I've found over... Well, I was an executive assistant for nearly 20 years. And the nine years of having this business, the overarching theme that runs through all of it, and I hate to say this, but I think you'll understand it as in your line of work is communication, right? And having good communication with your EA and having an EA that has a spine, right? Who's going to stand up to you and be like, Sherry, I need this and I need it from you for today so that we can keep moving this project along, right? So- having good communication skills, and really having that foresight to ask the questions that you know your leader's not going to get to until the very end, right? That is what saves them a lot of time and energy and capacity is like you navigating and looking for those potholes down the road that are inevitably going to be there. Right. The
1: anticipation, being able to, yeah, foresee the future a little bit. That's why I call it a magical creature because I feel like a good EA is like a fortune teller in a way.
2: It is, but they only become a fortune teller when you are transparent and vulnerable enough to let them into your world and into your thought process, right? We've got a lot of leaders that are very closed off. They don't share about their life, about their struggles, about their fears, their own insecurities, right? And that almost becomes a wall, a barrier between how effective an EA can be for you. So when you'll just be honest and be like, hey, it's kind of a show around here today, right? Then I think they're able to then say, well, let me do that for you. And I'm going to take this from you. And like, we're going to create some space for you to just be and think. But if you like buttoned up, got it all together all the time, they can't be as effective for you
1: which is, you know, it's a hard shift because I think a lot of leaders show up in their teams as the person who is hosting the space and in charge and is responsible. And so figuring out how to strategically, thoughtfully step out of that, I've got it all together persona that probably most leaders don't quite need to have as strongly as they hold it, but has some merit in the way that we run our businesses. So how do you like sort of strategically step out? How do you figure out where is healthy, constructive vulnerability with an EA and where you're just like oversharing and becoming a co dependent, like needy mess?
2: Asking for a friend. A hundred percent. And I think a lot of EA relationships can teeter into that codependent stage, right? Uh, I used to have these business cards and on each card, I was holding a coffee cup and we had them sort of custom made. And on the coffee cup, it said also a therapist, right? Because <laughs> oftentimes an EA can serve as a hostage negotiator, as an event planner, as a therapist, right? As a as a process person or or someone who's just going to like give you the cheerleader pep talk when you need it. And the interesting piece about leadership and team building is that you can't really have one without the other, right? You can't be stone-faced, like, I've got all my ducks in a row and everything's figured out, and also create a culture where there's psychological safety for your team to come to you and say, I'm struggling with something, right? Because if you put on this persona that... You've just got it all figured out all the time. That doesn't create an opportunity for them to say, I don't have it figured out all the time, right? Because then they, they're sort of reaching this level of perfection that they think you want them to attain. So here's what it looks like for me. And I, by no means, am an expert in this. I just have fumbled around a lot and figured out what works for my team and I. I'm really transparent about what's going on with my life. Um, We've got some stuff happening in our personal life right now that is incredibly difficult. Now, does our team have to know all the details of what's happening? No. But what they do need to know is, hey... I might be a little off my game this week. And here are the three ways that you can support me. I need to create space in the mornings because I've got a very limited amount of time before I've got to make some really big decisions, right? So I need my biggest clarity time is in the morning from like eight to 11 o'clock, right? Let's not fill me up with meetings at that time because I need that space the next way that you can also help me is in perhaps maybe in the afternoon, I'm scheduled to do calls until seven o'clock tonight. Can somebody take one of those calls for me so that I can end at six today, right? So just finding ways for your team to support you and engage with you while you're being vulnerable, but not necessarily sharing all the details of your drama, right? That creates a space for them to then say, I need help too, or I have a problem and I want to come to you as the leader to help me solve that problem, right? Does that make sense? Absolutely.
1: And I think, I mean, there's this magic word of asking for help, right? I need help. I could use some help. Can you help me? I mean, those are those are like juicy phrases that I think some of us probably don't use quite enough.
2: The the tagline for our business for a long time was don't do it alone. And it still rings true to this day, right? A lot of times as leaders, as entrepreneurs, we got to where we are by pure grit and hustle and like not taking no for an answer, right? And we just worked our tails off. And oftentimes we did it alone. We were marketing departments and janitors and like we were the content writers and all of those things. And that created in us this resiliency, right? Of like, we can keep taking the hits and the punches of life and business. And we learned to kind of do it alone. But what I realized when I was working on my book that will come out next year. But I realized a lot of times that we are like boxers in a ring, right? And we are literally taking blows, whether it's market crashes or changes in you know, the hiring process because of things like COVID. We're taking all these hits and what we fail to do sometimes is go to our corner, sit on the stool and let someone put that freezing cold ice pack and the Vaseline on us, right? And just give us that little bit of reprieve. And sometimes that kick in the butt to get back out there and maybe change up how we're doing things so that we can survive whatever that fight is, right? And I think an executive assistant is a great place to go. That is the corner that you can go to get some of that reprieve that you need.
1: So how do you coach entrepreneurs into making that transition to accepting help?
2: I drag them kicking and. (laughs) <laughs> the majority of the time. No, what I like to do is I like to really set up the conversation by helping figure out what their goals are because that's really all what it starts with, right? It's like, where do you want to go? And then what is preventing you from getting there? And it's fascinating to me because the majority of things that are preventing leaders from really stepping into their true greatness or working in their zone of genius that is such a buzzword right now is a lot of the minutiae. It's a lot of stuff that they are, actually decent at, but not exceptional at. And so they lie to themselves and they say, oh, it's just going to take five minutes, right? I can just do this. And so, again, the things that keep people from outsourcing or from asking for help and delegating is they don't think that they're worth it. Right? They, they worry about the money that is spent. Right, We will lie to ourselves and say that $20, $30, $50 an hour is too much to pay to just answer email or to just schedule things. And yet we could be making thousands of dollars in that same amount of time using our gifts. Right, So I think we mess up there. And so highlighting that to people, and sometimes it's a math equation and then the light bulb goes off. And other times it's really painting a picture of what their pain is creating in their life and in their business. And sometimes that's the aha moment of of realizing what's truly possible. I had a client tell me once, Sherry, that he thought that he was getting help with his scheduling, right? He's like, I thought it would be email management and like helping me not miss deadlines. And what hiring an executive assistant actually did for my life was it brought back date night. And that is that that's the power that we don't realize as possible when we get in the support that we convince ourselves we don't need.
1: Right. That's such a great, like really anchoring phrasing. It brought back date night. Like it created more potential in my life for something that was incredibly important to me for romance, for connection, for this other relationship. It's fantastic. Yeah. How do you find magical unicorn EAs? Like, what are you looking for when you are sort of sourcing the kinds of people that you help to pair with entrepreneurs in need?
2: Well, I would tell you that most people hire based on interest and affordability and availability, right? I'm cheap. I can start tomorrow, and I'm kind of interested in what you do. Great. Right? Sounds cool. <laughs> You're like, yes, great, let's go. We take a different approach. I hire based on passion and purpose and proficiency. And interestingly, proficiency is last. I want someone, and we look for what I call career EAs, people who have been doing this for a minimum of three to four years, upwards of 15, 20, 25 years. People who have decided that this is what they want to do, not something that's like they're kind of trying this out to see if they like serving other people, because I want to work with EAs that are passionate about being an EA, not looking for a ladder to climb, not looking for the next opportunity, but someone who's like, I truly derive a sense of my worth and a sense of my value by creating capacity and space for other people that that fills them up. I also want them to have a sense of purpose. And I want them to know that scheduling that email or booking that flight or arranging that event actually had a sense of purpose that they know that leader can go on date night. They can go to the soccer game for their kid. They can work on the presentation that has been stressing them out, right? So they see a sense of purpose. And then finally, proficiency, right? That they can do the things that their leader is asking them to do. But I think that we can train how to click here and click here all day long. Right. We can't train someone to care. And so that's what we always start with. Yeah. That's beautiful. That sense of like heart first, the
1: inside out first, and that the, the training when someone's motivated comes maybe not easily, but can certainly be done. Exactly. Yeah.
2: And you know, I think that the difference between hiring out someone to do tasks for you Right, that sort of. I, I've had clients tell me, like, I don't care what my EA's name is. I don't care. I just want the stuff done, and typically those clients don't work out very well, right? Because it's it's a little bit of a machine and a churn. But when a leader says, "I really want a partner." with someone and I want someone that I can trust. You know, when I was working as an EA myself, I worked for some high level entrepreneurs and I started getting Facebook message requests or LinkedIn requests. saying, like, can you work for me too? Cause I was working fractionally. And I decided that like, no, they didn't want Trevenia. The name was irrelevant. Who it was, was irrelevant, but they wanted someone really that the baseline of this triangle was someone that they could trust, right? Someone that they could get training or give training to that would ultimately sort of this end of the triangle would allow them to get traction. That's really all anyone wants is someone that they can trust that's going to do the work to then help them get traction. And I think it's more possible than we believe it is if we would just slow down and worry about getting the right butt in the right seat.
1: Well, tell me about your book. How are you sort of leading the conversation in this? It's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, Sherry. (laughs) Like
2: I, every ounce of, am I worth it? Does anybody care what I have to say, right? Every, every iota of imposter syndrome has definitely reared its ugly head over these past couple of years. But the book is called Call the Fight, Ending Toxic Leadership for Good. And it's really a, a story and a playbook for leaders who were, Kind of new and fumbling around like I was. I think in some ways, I was telling my editor, I was like, have I thrown myself under the bus enough in this book? It. <laughs> um, but it is a little bit of my journey of realizing how to be a better leader and how not to get stuck into that toxic mentality of like, we're going to abdicate responsibility completely or we're going to do what I say uh, people do, be a helicopter CEO where they're just hovering over incessantly and micromanaging, right? So I talk about the different types of toxic leadership, how to recognize it, what to do when you do recognize it, and then how to get yourself out of it so that ultimately you can build a team that you can trust.
1: It sounds like an amazing addition to the conversation and one that is sorely, sorely needed. Where are you in the process?
2: When's it out? How can people stalk you online? <laughs> so they can go to priorityva.com forward slash call the fight and, and sign up for like the early bird email list and stuff to get all the notifications. Uh, we are in final rounds of edits. I'm actually getting uh, getting ready to meet with my editor in two weeks for what I'm hoping will be the green light of like, all right, let's go. So, but seeing that cover, uh, and I'm sure you can do this with your book, Sherry, like seeing that cover was like, oh wow, this is real. Like we're actually doing this thing.
1: What a, what a journey that you've been on. Like as you sort of reflect back on the, the trajectory that your career has taken as a human, like what are the moments of most surprise for you?
2: You know, I, my story is interesting, right? I was born as a premature little thing at 29 weeks old and should have been dead. And It's so cool that my book is called Call the Fight because I've said for a long time, like I had to be a fighter before I was ever born. Right. And there was this realization that I had in working on the book, looking at where I started and where I became, where I've come to now and seeing that it wasn't easy, but it it couldn't have been easy because I wouldn't have learned all of the lessons that I needed to learn about self-respect, about boundaries, about rising up to the occasion, about kind of taking off the mask and like figuring out who I really wanted to be. And so, you know, started as like this lowly little EA, just wanting to serve leaders and make their lives easier and then, and then turn into a leader and a CEO of my business. And it's a beautiful kind of place to be because I know where my team has been. Right. And I've served under leaders who treated me like trash. And so it's helped me realize who I want to be and how I want to show up. And it's been quite the ride, but not easy, not easy. Yeah. And I mean, there's
1: so much lovely parallels in your story in that you are now serving a community of people with that, that you were once one of, you know, like that you've sort of been in every piece of this story from VA to leader to leader of leaders. And it's, it's really an, a lovely journey to watch. Thanks.
2: Thanks. It's fun to be able to sit and to engage with my executive assistants. I just did a training before we hopped on this podcast because I have a group of EAs that I mentor. And it's a, it's a fun position to be in because I can be like, okay, so sitting in the EA seat, these are the you know 10 things that you need to pay attention to. But here's what your leader's looking at, right? And so I'm able to look at it through both lenses and help them understand their leader in a way that they may not be able to as quickly because they're just sort of fumbling around, right? But I get to give them the inside scoop of what their leaders are looking for. And I think that helps any EA who wants to up-level. Like here's the translation manual. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm like Duolingo for EA, right? <laughs> Yeah,
1: that's amazing. <laughs> I speak your language, I speak your language, I'll help y'all get along. <laughs> exactly. Oh my goodness. So books coming out, business is growing.
2: What else are you working on? What else is exciting you right now? <sighs> I think what is exciting me the most and terrifying me the most is the level of personal development work that has to happen to get you to the next level, right? So I've done so much work so far and it's got me here. And realizing that you, you arrive at this new level and then all of a sudden, like the tools that you had in your tool belt that worked last year, Don't work anymore, you know? And so all the meditation and the breath work and all of the things in the world, sometimes they start to lose their luster and you've got to get a new tool. That's probably what I'm most excited about right now, where I used to be during the headlights when that would happen, right? That new level, new problem. And I'd be like, oh man, I don't know how to handle this. And maybe I'm not equipped for this. Now it's a level of excitement of, okay, like, let me dig in there and get the right tool for this because I am scaling that mountain. And that's kind of fun for me now, where it used to be very painful. <laughs> right, very, very scary. I mean, personal development
1: and growth is always like just this sort of dismantling of the self and then reconstruction, dismantle, reconstruct, dismantle, reconstruct, which is is a painful process. But then on the other side of it, you're so much more equipped. And I, I imagine that all of the work that you've done and the lessons that you've learned are extraordinarily valuable to the people that you serve.
2: Yeah, and and it helps me understand that those difficulties or the hard times or, you know, the challenges that I've had in growing my business or learning to be a good mom and wife and leader and all of these things, that they weren't for nothing. You know, I think sometimes we can look at our pain and our challenges and maybe our failures even sometimes, and we'd be like, what was all that for? And now it's that whole Steve Jobs, you can you know, connect the dots looking back thing. You're like, ah, oh, that makes sense now. I needed to do that for today. And it's like, ah, oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is so delightful
1: to talk with you. Again, I talk with people all the time. I know a lot of people listening to this podcast are very EA curious if they don't already have an EA in place. Any final words of like, Hey here are the things that you might want to think through if you're considering
2: hiring an EA working with an EA Yeah I think that there are there's a quick and dirty way that you can figure out if you're ready and so I would challenge you to do this exercise is I would uh, I would decide the things that you are doing that you no longer want to do or you don't know how to do, or you don't have time to do. Right. So decide what those things are and then document them, even just making a quick and dirty list. Right. You can bring that to someone like me or other, there's countless companies like mine and just say like, this is what I've come up with. Like, is an EA the right fit for me? Cause sometimes it's is not this a job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. So is this a thing? And do I have enough to create a role for someone, right? I used to joke to leaders saying, uh, if you don't have 10 hours of work to delegate, like you're not working hard enough, my friend. But (laughs) (laughs) Um, that's a quick and dirty way. And then one final thing that I will tell every leader to do is just get a Post-it, okay? Simple, boring Post-it note with a Sharpie marker. Just say, do I have to do this? On on this post-it note, okay? Put that on your monitor, put it on your laptop. And that will be such a huge indicator for you if you are working on things that you have no business doing. And if you keep answering no to do I have to do this, right, then it is time for you to delegate.
1: Beautiful. And when it's time, they can come find you at Priority VA.
2: (laughs) Certainly. Go to priorityva.com. I'm happy to host a conversation with you uh, and see if we might be the right fit for what you're looking for.
1: Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Trivenia, for your wisdom and for telling a bit of your story. And I'm super excited for your book to come out and also for the service that you provide to people like me who are busy up to their eyeballs and could probably use some trusted support. So thanks for the work that you do. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode of the podcast. In the meantime, feel free to check out zenfounder.com for lots of resources about the kinds of conversations that we have on the podcast. You can get information about working with me, about maybe joining a Zen tribe. It's sort of like a mental health boot camp for entrepreneurs. We also have lots of content on our blog, links to resources in our courses and books for sale. So check us out there and we hope to provide anything and everything that you might need to make the entrepreneurial life a little bit easier.